are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Alright, we've been talking about what I titled New Testament Prayers. And I opened last week from the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 4. And um, in that scripture, the scripture said, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. I like to emphasize on that scripture again. Alright? Alright. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. That means that in the kingdom, there are things we ought to learn. Hallelujah. The Bible told us about Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 5, it says, For though he was a son, yet lent he obedience by the things which he suffered. That means that even Jesus lent. Praise God. So the kingdom of God um, is a place where we learn. Jesus made a statement. He said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So then he said, Come and learn of me. That means there is a place to learn. It's a place to learn. Amen. So we learn spiritual things. Everybody say we learn spiritual things. We learn spiritual things. Alright? So you see that when the disciples of Jesus walked up to Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 11, uh, I believe it was from verse 1, the Bible says they saw him praying and when he had finished praying, they asked him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. That means that um, they recognized that there was something about the disciples of John the Baptist and these disciples knew how to pray. So they wanted to be effective in prayer like that. Moreover, they saw Jesus pray and they said, we want to be able to pray like this. Praise God. So they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Glory to God. That means that prayer can be thought. Hallelujah. Now, if you look closely at the scripture in Luke 11, I'll come back to Romans 15. They did not say, Lord, teach us how to pray. No. He didn't say, teach us how. He said, teach us to pray. Glory to God. Teach us to pray. That means that what they wanted to learn is not the theory of prayer, but the practice of prayer. Are you with, are you with me? So it's, it, it, you could sit down every day and say, oh, you know, if you want to pray, keep your hand like this. If you want to pray, say this. No. But really, what makes you a person of prayer is that you actually start praying. There's no shortcuts in learning how to pray than to pray. Amen. So you learn how to pray by praying. Are you listening to me? You learn how to pray by praying. Now, in this scripture here, I said, Lord, teach us to pray. It is a Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, someone can sit you down and say, you know, you want to learn how to drive. You know, um, you know what you do? You first look for the car key. You put it in the ignition. You kick the car. Then you... Uh, they could tell you all of that. It's different from someone taking you to the vehicle and keeping you there and saying, now put the ignition there. Kick it now. Now, place your feet on the pedal and now move. Turn this way and turn that way. Now when the person is teaching you to drive, different from the one that is teaching you how to drive. Amen. Are you listening to me? Alright, so here in this scripture, 
there is an emphasis on the fact that we need to learn to pray. And then we'll go back to Romans 15, my opening scripture. It said that everything that was written, the reason why all that you heard about prayer, there are several Bible characters and their prayer lives were examined through scripture or they were, they were used as examples for us. We heard about the story of Elijah, glory to God, um, and several Bible characters that prayed at different points. Daniel also prayed in scripture and several Bible characters. The reason is that the Bible says these things were written for our learning. Amen. That means there's something we can learn from the Bible characters and their prayer lives. Amen. Alright, so it says so, so that we, through patience and the consolation that the scriptures, we might have hope. Hallelujah. We might have hope. We might have hope. So it is important for us to understand that all the Bible characters in scripture, that their prayer lives were shown to us, is for our learning. Praise God. It's for our learning. Um, studying the book of James, James was writing and then he said, look, Elijah was a man of like passion. That means that if Elijah, and the most remarkable thing about the life of Elijah that James was trying to communicate to us today in the New Testament was the prayer attitude or the prayer life of Elijah. Glory to God. But now, um, when we started last week, I explained something to you about the fact that there is a New Testament way to pray. Hallelujah. And there are things we can learn from the Old Testament, but we must understand that we are in a different dispensation. We are in a dispensation that is, 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 is marked with what happened on the cross. We are in this dispensation of, um, of, 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 of the fatherhood of God. Hallelujah. You know, in the dispensation of the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that these people could not relate with God as father. But in the New Covenant and in the New Testament, we are relating with God as father. Now, you cannot overlook the fatherhood of God in the New Covenant. Hallelujah. Alright? That fatherhood of God, the place of, of, of God standing as father to us, makes a world of difference in our prayer lives. Time will fail me to begin to show you John 16. We mentioned the last message. You could get the audio CD. And we talked about how Jesus said that a time will come where you will not have to ask me, but you will ask the Father in my name. And he kept emphasizing that the prayer is now to the Father. Hallelujah. The prayer is now what? To the Father. Glory to God. And that's why when he was teaching them the prayer, um, he said, if you want to pray, this is the manner to pray. And then he said, our father. Now, they never used to pray our father. But he was trying to guide them that there is a new way to pray. And this model of prayer is addressed to God as father. Hallelujah. Alright? So, whatever I'm going to say after now, this is the foundation on which your prayer must be based. Amen. That prayer in the new covenant is addressed to the father. Glory to God. Alright. The most important thing here today I want to share with you, there's so much to talk about when we deal with prayer. We can only deal with a little or a portion of the subject per time. And so we'll try to go as far as we can go tonight and bring you to that place of prayer and bring you to that place where you will be effective in your prayer life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, when you look through scriptures, for me, I believe that there's so much we can learn from the prayers of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus was speaking about prayer 
um, verse 7 specifically, and then he was talking about the fact that um, if you ask, you will receive, you, if be given unto you, if you seek, you will find, if you knock, it shall be opened unto you. Now, there are three things he talked about, and I believe that Jesus was not just repeating himself, hallelujah, when he said, ask and it shall be given you. He said, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now, you go further, he was saying, keep asking, keep seeking and keep knocking. Now, what he was trying to say was he was talking about prayer. You agree with me? You agree with me he was talking about prayer? But it meant that in this scripture, he was talking about different dimensions of prayer. Hallelujah. He was saying there is a prayer in which you are asking. And then he was talking about seeking. And he was talking about knocking. Glory to God. And he used different terminologies expressing, I believe, different dimensions of prayer. Glory to God. He was not saying the same thing three times. Are you listening to me? He was not saying the same thing three times. He was talking about different dimensions of prayer. Glory to God. Now, I believe that it was based on this Matthew 7, 7 that Paul was teaching in 1 Timothy 2 when he said, look, first of all, alright, go to 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 and we'll come back here. Paul was saying something, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, listen, supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. Why did Paul arrange it in this order and tell us about Four kinds of prayer here. I believe that he was building on what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7. Let's go back there again now. Jesus talked about asking, seeking and knocking. And if you look closely, let me just go a step further to say this. What Jesus was trying to tell us is that in the realm of the spirit, there are certain things that will be given to you. While there are certain things that you will have to find. And while there are certain things that will be open to you. Amen. And then in, through those different dimensions of prayer, when you, you understand that there are different dimensions of prayer, you know that everything in the Spirit might not necessarily be given to you. There are some things that you will find. Amen. Are you listening to me? Then there are some things that you will have to knock and then they will be open to you. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, this was what Jesus was trying to teach. Now, Paul, every teaching of Paul was always based on either the law or the prophets, or the Psalms, or the quotations of what Jesus said. Hallelujah. So, I believe strongly that when Paul, go back to First Timothy 2, was saying, I exhort therefore first of all. He then said, supplications, prayers, intercessions. Then he said, he added, and giving of thanks be made for all men. He was saying something. I've explained to you that the Greek words that he used in First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 were all different Greek words expressing different ways or kinds or types of prayer. In, he, in this scripture here, he started by saying, I exhort therefore first of all that what King James translated as supplications, I personally believe that supplication is not or does not give the the, the proper expression of the Greek word that was communicated here. Hallelujah. The Greek word communicated actually was talking about a petition. Hallelujah. A request. Amen. And Paul was consistent all through his writings whenever he talked about these two kinds of prayer. He separated between the two Greek words, basis and prosuke. And basis actually is what was translated here as supplications. And several times again it was still translated as supplications. But supplication in English actually means you actually begging. But this communication that Paul was teaching was not a begging prayer. It was a request prayer. Hallelujah. Based on knowing what belongs to you. Amen. And I believe that here, he was saying, first of all, actions, hallelujah, 
petitions. Now, if you read the Amplified Version, Amplified and several other renderings, they actually use the word petition, hallelujah, in the place of supplication. They didn't use the word supplication. Alright, that's Amplified here now. It says, first of all then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered. Now, what is translated as petition is what Jesus was saying, acts. What is translated as prayers is what Jesus was saying, seek. What's translated as intercession is what Jesus was saying, knock. Hallelujah. Now, Paul was ministering in the new covenant. And in the new covenant, it's a covenant of rejoicing and thanksgiving. And then he said, and when you finish, at the end of the day, make sure that this your asking, seeking, and knocking is embellished, hallelujah, with thanksgiving. Amen. Are you getting the picture here now? So, when you see this communication, your heart begins to open to embrace what Jesus was actually teaching. Now, let's start with what Jesus meant by asking. What he meant by petition, or what this scripture means by petition. It means that at that point, you are making a request based on what you know belongs to you. Hallelujah. Alright? In this area, the prayer of faith falls into this area. You know that healing belongs to you. And then you say, in the name of Jesus, based on the scripture that says, by his stripes I am healed, I make a demand on my healing. It's a petition. Hallelujah. Now, it could be for something that has been revealed from the word of God concerning you. Amen. Alright, so anytime we pray, when we pray this kind of prayer, asking, or prayers of petition, or prayers of request, alright, we are praying based on the knowledge we have of the revealed will of God. I'll say that again. The revealed will of God is what has already been written in scripture. It's general. Everybody knows that it is God's will for you to prosper. Everybody knows that it is God's will for you to uh, have divine protection. So it's revealed. So based on that will, you are making a petition. You are demanding. Hallelujah. You are saying, your word says so, so and so. Therefore, I ask that this be given to me. Are you listening to me? That's a petition. Now, but... um. You go further to find that there are times where we are praying and we are not praying about God giving us things. Alright? We are not praying about, you know, Paul, there are several things that Paul taught the body of Christ. You know? And then, there are times where you are, you are, you are praying and you are trying, you don't know what the will of God is. Amen. Are you listening to me? You don't know what the will of God is and you are seeking, let's use the religious language, you are seeking the face of God to know His will. Amen. Alright? In that case, as you go into the place of prayer, there is something you are looking for. Amen. And then you will keep praying until you find it. Amen. That's what Jesus meant. He said, seek and you shall find. Amen. Alright? Sometimes it's not written in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, telling you which city you should live in or who you should get married to. And then you begin to pray to seek the face of God concerning that. And then you find the answer. Are you understanding me? That kind of praying is different from something you already know belongs, that belongs to you. Am I communicating? Am I communicating? So there are different kinds of prayer. Alright? There are different kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6 verse 18 establishes that fact. You know, there are several translations of that scripture, but I love, I love the Moffat translation. It talks about the fact that it says, praying always with all manner of prayer. King James says, with all prayer. Alright? All prayer. What it means that, with all prayer means with all kinds of prayer. Then you see, the, again, it says, and supplication. Here again, he uses those two words. Prosuke and deisis. Amen. 
He uses the same two words that he used in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1. Which means, with all prayer and petition. Hallelujah. Now, what, what was he calling prayer? What was he calling petitioning? What he was calling prayer is the general word for prayer. It includes whether you are worshipping God, anything you do towards God was referred to as prosuke. Amen. Alright? But when you are making a petition, a request, it was referred to as deisis. Amen. It's a kind of prayer, but it's separate. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright. Now, I just said this to whet your appetite a bit. Amen. But let's go into the thing. But Paul made a statement here. He said, all this prayer you are praying, make sure that you pray it in the spirit. Amen. That means it's possible for you to pray in the flesh. Amen. Glory to God. He said, all the kinds of prayer, no matter what kind of prayer it is, make sure that you pray it with the help of the Spirit. With the ability of the Spirit. With the strength of the Spirit. Alright? So, in the course of this, I believe that I will get to that place where we will talk about that. I just want to establish a few things before we come back here. Amen. First and foremost, understand something. Prayer is not an option for the believer. Amen. Whether Old Testament or New Testament, for you in the New Covenant, prayer is not an option. Prayer is not, uh, um, if you don't like this one, prayer is, 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 is the very breath of Christianity. Amen. Are you listening to me? There will be no expression of divinity in your life if prayer is not active. Amen. Are you listening to me? There will be no expression of divinity. It's through prayer we express divinity in our lives. It's through prayer that that thing that is inside of us comes out. You hear that language that says, Thy kingdom come. The kingdom comes out of us through prayer. Amen. The kingdom is released in our lives through prayer. Alright? So prayer is not an option. It's not say, oh, that person has a ministry of prayer. I, I mean, no, prayer is for every child of God. Hallelujah. All of us are supposed to be praying. As a matter of fact, for the fact that you are born again, you've been brought into a place with God where you can pray. Amen. And you should pray. Of course, you know the scripture in Hebrews 4 that says, let us therefore come boldly. That means that the call to salvation is also a call to prayer. Amen. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. And in that place, that means it's in prayer that we find grace. It's in prayer. Give me Hebrews for you. Yeah, good. He said, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. That means that if there is no prayer, you will not experience the mercy of God. Anytime you refuse to pray, you are forsaking His mercy. Amen. Remember the scripture I showed to you in, jo- um, in Jonah 2. Alright, last, last week. Where the scripture said that they that Observe lying vanities, forsake their own mercy. That means that any time you look away from that place of prayer, or you are depending on anything outside of prayer, or what's happening, you are forsaking the mercy that is available to you. Amen. Am I communicating? So in prayer, we obtain mercy. Glory to God. We obtain mercy. We obtain mercy. Because see, the world and circumstances always want to judge you. Glory to God. Circumstances always want to judge you. The weather wants to judge you. You expose yourself so you are supposed to be sick. You understand that? You drank this soul. Your life is supposed to, your stomach is supposed to do like this. Oh, this, the society and circumstances always 
are rising in judgment against you. Are you listening to me? But in prayer, you obtain mercy against that judgment that is rising against you. Are you listening to me? Alright? Okay, because of the kind of life that you have been living, your life is supposed to turn out this way. Alright? Because of so, so, and so, and so, and so, this is supposed to happen. Because you don't have an education, oh, you are not supposed to get this kind of job. That is circumstances raising their voice in judgment against you. But when you go to the place of prayer, hallelujah, you obtain the mercy that Jesus had made available to you. Amen. And it rises and triumphs over the judgment that is speaking against you. Are you listening to me? So prayer is not an option. It's not an option. It's not an option. It's not an option. So it says, in that place of prayer we obtain mercy. In that place of prayer we also find. Now, two things you saw there in Hebrews 4 verse 16. One is that mercy is obtained. That means that you, it's given to you. Amen? Then, but it says grace is found. That means you were seeking for it and you found it. Amen? Are you listening to me? So you see what Jesus was saying about asking and seeking. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright, so it's in the place of prayer that we find grace. 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 Second Corinthians 9, 8 says something powerful. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord. Okay, that's uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 9, 8 says that God is able to make all grace abound towards us. That means that in prayer we will have access to what we call all grace. You know sometimes somebody say, well, this person has the grace for this. But in prayer you will access all grace. Amen. That means that through prayer there is nothing that will be held back from you. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I will likely, clearly and boldly declare that prayer is the doorway to access your inheritance. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So it's through prayer we take advantage of our inheritance in Christ. It's through prayer. Without prayer, we will not take advantage of our inheritance. It belongs to you. It's just lying down there. It's just lying down there. But when you start praying, you go and take advantage of what belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, you know the story of the, the story known as the prodigal son, alright? And uh, in that story, the Bible says the, the younger son woke up one day and went to his father and asked for the inheritance that belonged to him. That's prayer. Amen. Alright. By, by asking he had prayed. That was a petition. Amen. A request and it was what? Granted. You say okay. If the inheritance belongs to him. Why should he ask? Well that's how it's supposed to be. Amen. He's supposed to ask. He's supposed to ask. And that's how it becomes. Not just a possession potentially. But actively it becomes his own. Amen. Praise God. So as sons, we pray. Are you with me? As sons, we pray. As sons, we pray. So prayer is not an option. That's the point I wanted to make. And you see in the early church that they did not in any way joke with prayer. They didn't take light what prayer really is. And what prayer was meant to accomplish. As a matter of fact, they actually, the church of Jesus Christ was born in prayer. Amen. Alright? The church, the church was born in prayer. In Acts 1, chapter 1 especially, you read, I think somewhere in verse 14. The Bible says, and they continued in one accord, hallelujah, in prayer and supplication. Alright, good. This all continued 
He listed the names of the people. They continued in one accord. One accord meant that they continued in agreement. It was a united prayer. That means they were all praying for the same thing. Hallelujah. They came in faith for the same thing. So this all continued with one accord. You see the same two words again. In Daisies and in Prosuke. Or vice versa. Using the same words. That means they were making petitions and they were praying. Glory to God. With the women. And they mentioned their names. Alright. So these people. That means it was in the course of that prayer. Then Acts 2 now happened. And when they were all in the upper room gathered, they were in one place gathered, suddenly there was a sound from heaven. That means that the church was born in prayer. Now the question to ask is, this birth of the church was already prophesied. Amen. Long, long ago, Joel had prophesied, I will pour out my spirit in the last day. And, uh, and young men shall see visions. And old men shall dream dreams. And the mates, uh, handmaidens and so shall prophesy and so on and so forth. He had given that prophecy. But without prayer, that prophecy will not have manifested. Amen. That's why I said that it is through prayer that we give birth to the things of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Then the scripture is fulfilled. Thy kingdom come. Amen. It means that there are prophecies over your life. There are things concerning you. It is through prayer that you will give birth to them. Amen. Are you with me? So you see in Acts chapter 1 that they were all in one accord praying about something that had already been prophesied. In one accord meant that they all, it, just, it didn't just mean they were in one place. No, they were in agreement as they were in that one place. This one's not praying his own thing. This one, they all understood. Remember that the reason why they gathered in the first place is that Jesus instructed them, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That means that they were going there because of what Jesus told them. And when they went there, they were praying, the Bible said, in one accord. Thank you. They were praying in one accord. They were praying in one accord. And something happened by their prayer. Heaven responded. That means that Heaven is waiting for your prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Heaven is waiting for you. How heaven intervenes on earth is through your prayer. I'll say it again. How heaven intervenes on earth is through the prayer of the righteous. Prayer of the saints. So, the interventions of heaven on earth are stirred or activated in or by our prayers. So you see that a church was born in prayer. And it was not just born in prayer. They continued in prayer. Glory to God. They continued in prayer. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. I like to read verse 42. I'll show you something in verse 42. Alright. Are you there? And they... It's talking about all disciples that God filled with the Holy Ghost. Alright. And saved. Because after Paul preached, uh, 3,000 got saved. Alright. So the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly. Those 3,000 continued steadfastly. Steadfastly. I'm come, come back to that word later. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine is in the teaching that the apostles were given. And fellowship. Fellowship. Alright? And in breaking of bread. Now, those um, three things are not my focus now. But it says, and in Prayers. Everybody say, and in prayers. So for the emphasis now. That means, and they continue steadfastly in prayers. Hallelujah. That means that prayer was not something. See, they, they started in prayer and they continued in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. They started in prayer. They were born. The church was born in prayer. And the church continued in prayer. 
So they continued steadfastly in prayers. Now the key word there is that they continued. Everybody say continue. That means that after this meeting, you will continue in prayer. Some of you, oh, at the beginning of the year, you started the year in prayer. But you need to understand that you need to continue in prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need to continue in prayer. Now they didn't just continue, they continued steadfastly. I like, I'm looking for another word that was used in this scripture. Um, the word steadfastly, I want to use another word. So give me Amplified, then NLT, and then we'll just look at, I'll just pick some things out here. Uh, Amplified. I love what they said. And they, pers- they steadfastly persevered. Alright? Devoting themselves constantly. Of which prayer is among. Hallelujah. Constantly. But they steadfastly persevered. Give me NLT. Let me see what they use in NLT. And all the believers devoted themselves. I will say they devoted themselves. That means that we will devote ourselves to what? To prayer. Give me a message translation. I just want to pick out. They committed themselves. That's what I'm looking for. Alright? So, this prayer thing was, was not once in a while. It was a commitment. Now, in the New Testament, we must be committed to prayer. Listen to me. There's a prophecy about the New Covenant. It was in Zechariah 12. I read it to you some time back. Verse 10 or so. Where the prophet was speaking. He said, and I will pour upon the house of David the spirit of grace and supplications. And they will look on him whom they have pierced. That means that when that spirit is, what he's talking about is the spirit of prayer. Amen. When that spirit of prayer is upon the people, their eyes will be on what Jesus had done. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me? Their eyes will be on the finished works of Christ. The proof of true humility is prayer. Amen. The proof of self-dependency and pride is that you don't have time to pray. That means you believe that you can do it by yourself. Amen. Amen. How we submit to the grace of God is through our prayer lives. A man that is given to prayer is a man that believes that he cannot do it on his own. He is Hinge on that scripture that says that we are not sufficient of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. If your sufficiency is of God, it will drag you to the place of prayer. Amen. But when you are sufficient in yourself, you don't need to pray. You just keep going. I will struggle. I will hustle it out by myself. I will, I will, uh, uh, I don't have brain again. Didn't I go to school? You understand that? Don't I know my way again? Don't I have my contacts? And your essence, the, 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 the reason why you believe you will succeed is because of your contacts. But when the spirit of prayer is upon you, your eyes will be on the one whom was pierced for you. Amen. Are you listening to me? Your eyes will be on the one that died for you and what he has done for you because you know that without him, nothing will work. Jesus was teaching us in John 15 when he was talking about the fact about the fruit and the vine. He said, look, without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Every branch in me that bears fruit, what does it do? I will purge it that it will bring forth more fruit. Now, you know, I made a statement, powerful statement. He said, without me, you can do nothing. That means if you don't abide in me and I in you, no, no, there's no, there's not going to be any fruit. That means a man that is devoted to prayer is a man that understands that without him, 
I can do nothing. That's what Jesus was trying to explain when he was teaching on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. When he said, look, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Meaning that these people that are poor in spirit are those that they, they, they are not trusting on their own ability. Spiritually, they, they feel that they are not sufficient of themselves. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. All right? They mean that they know that without God's help, they are finished. Those people will be the owners, the runners of the kingdom. They will run the town. Amen. Are you understanding me? They will run the town. Because those people are not depending on their ability. They've submitted everything to the one that owns everything. Hallelujah. And they draw strength from him. That's why you see scriptures that say that, look, he gives grace to the humble. Amen. That humble is talking about is the man that is submitted to God in prayer. Amen. More grace and more grace and more grace. But he resisted the proud. The proud is the one that believes that he can do it by himself. Amen. And everything will turn out against him all of a sudden. Are you listening to me? So you cannot separate prayer from humility. Amen. You can't separate prayer from humility. You cannot separate prayer from humility. The one that prays the most is the one that is humble towards God. Amen. The one that does not pray, his flesh had told him that he can do it without God. Amen. So they continue steadfastly in prayer. I want to show you one more scripture. Paul, um, Peter was speaking in Acts chapter 6. And they had a crisis in the church. The Bible says because of the um, multiplication in the church... There were certain murmurings between the Grecians and the Hebrews. And while they were murmuring, Peter came up with a decision. Alright? He spoke for the body of Christ. And that is in um, Acts 6, verse 4. In Acts 6, 4, Paul and Peter made a powerful statement. He said, look, but we, we the leaders, we will give ourselves continually. Now you see the word continually again. We read in Acts chapter two, um, 2.42 where the scripture says, And this they continued. Now again, um, Peter is saying again, We will give ourselves continually to what? To what? To what? To prayer and to the ministry of the word. To prayer and to the ministry of the word. That means, he didn't say, well, we will pray sometimes. No, he said, we will, that's, we will throw ourselves into it. Amen. Who, who, who devote our time and our ability to pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, give me this in the Amplified Version. Let me read it in Amplified Version. It says, Go. We will continue to devote ourselves to what? Steadfastly to prayer. You see the language I was used here. We will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, I, um, Bible scholars believe that it was not by accident that he put prayer before the ministry of the word. Amen. He didn't say to the ministry of the word and prayer. Why he said to prayer and to the ministry of the word? Because what makes the ministry of the word effective is prayer. Amen. Are you listening to me? What makes the ministry of the word effective is prayer. What makes the ministry of the word effective is prayer. You cannot present truth without the spirit of prayer. The presentation of truth without the spirit of prayer would just be an intellectual discourse. Are you understanding me? That's why sometimes you see some people, they are preaching to 10 people, they are preaching to 20 people. Nobody, there's no radical change. The radical change you want to see, it happens in prayer. Amen. It is prayer that makes the word of God prevail. Amen. You read in scripture, the Bible says, so mightily 
grew the word of God and it prevailed. It's prayer that gave birth to the prevailing word. If you want the word of God coming out of your mouth to prevail over the lifestyle, over the hearts of men and women, you must make sure that that word is going forth in prayer. Amen. I say that again. Presentation of truth without the spirit of prayer is mere intellectual discourse. Amen. Right. So, you get to that place where you understand that without prayer, every other thing, every other activity in the kingdom of God. Listen. There are several things we do in the body of Christ. That we must understand that they are powerful. But it will have lasting impact when it is embedded in prayer. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? Alright, so when you take that bread and soak it in a juice or tea or whatever, it's soaked. That's how that activity has to be soaked in prayer. Amen. Then it's released. Then it has the effect it should have. You look through time and look through history. Look through the book of Acts. You will find they never joked with the place of prayer in everything that they did. Amen. They never went anywhere if they had not prayed. Now, if you read First Thessalonians, you will see that Paul was talking about the church. Then he said, look, our entrance into you was not in vain. Meaning that it's possible for you to enter a town, enter a family, and it didn't produce the result. He said, I must lead this family to Christ. This is my neighbors. I must lead all of them to Christ. Then you went to preach to them. After that, they stopped talking to you. As one matter of fact, even when we preached to them, when you were preaching to them, they were going to one place that looked like a church. But after he said preaching to them, they started going to monks. Are you understanding me? So, you first say, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Listen. Listen to me. I digress a bit. Let me just say this. It will help somebody. See. It is not natural for a human being to obey God. It is natural for him to do evil. Are you understanding me? The Bible talked about in in Ephesians 2, it talked about that there is a spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. He called him the prince of the power of the air. He said, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. He said, look, you were before affected by that spirit. And what does that spirit make you do? It makes you to go after the desires of your mind and of the flesh. Amen. After the cause of this world. So, it is natural for someone to sit down and prefer worldly music to the things of God. Are you understanding me? For him to prefer all the things of the world. You see, the case of this life, there is a spirit at work on earth. John the Beloved said it this way. He said the whole world lieth in wickedness. He was trying to say that the reason why people do the things they do is that there is something in the air. There is a demonic influence upon the hearts of men that they don't know why. They don't know why all of them want to be naked. Are you understanding me? They don't understand what is moving them. You know, if they wear the clothes, they feel like taking it off. Are you understanding me? You know, when God wanted them to be naked, they wanted to wear clothes. When He now said they should wear clothes, they now want to be naked. You understand? There's a spirit. There's a spirit. The spirit of the world. Alright? The spirit of the world. The spirit of the world makes people to act contrary to God's word. Without effort. Are you understanding me? Now, when we are praying for people, when we are praying for people, and the reason why they are doing that is that the Bible says that the God of this world had blinded their minds, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. So when we start praying, we are praying for the covering cast to be removed. Amen. When we are praying, we are praying for the influence of God's spirit upon the hearts and minds of men. So that when we preach the gospel, 
it will have the impact it should have. In the book of Hosea, 10-12, Old Testament scripture. The Bible says, sow to yourself in righteousness and reap in mercy. It now said, break up your fallow ground. Meaning that before you plant seed in the ground, you have to crack the soil so that it will receive seed. It's in prayer we crack the soil of a man's heart. Amen. So, before you go and talk to somebody, the gospel, if you have not prayed for the person, listen to me, it will not have the effect it should have. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, when we are praying, some of you have relatives or friends or people that you, are, you, you, you have been talking to them about the kingdom, talking to them about the kingdom, they are not yet saved. Listen. Two things are important. One is that there must be prayer. Alright? Um, Paul was saying something. He said that, I know that I will have the supply um, uh, uh, through the supply of the Spirit. Alright? I'll have help through the supply of the Spirit. Meaning that when you pray, there's a supply. Hallelujah. Of the Spirit. To enable the person. Listen, it's not by accident that in a particular town, before nobody was listening to the gospel, now people are going to church. It's not accidental. It is the Spirit of God moving upon the hearts of men. And start stirring what we call holy emotions within them. Are you listening to me? They start liking the things of God. Hey, what is that? Before I don't say go to church. Nah, I just feel like going to church. It's not ordinary. Their affection is now set on the things above, not on things on the earth again. Amen? It is through prayer that the affections of men begin to move and shift towards the things of God. If we want to take the city of Port Harcourt, it's not just by talking, 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 no. As we are praying, as we are praying, and allowing the Holy Ghost to lead us and show us how to pray, you know what happens? You see that the emotions of men will start being inclined towards the things of God more than before. If we don't pray, no matter how much we preach, they will start getting used to what we are saying. They will start saying what we are even saying. Glory! Hallelujah! But the word has not affected them. Amen? Are you understanding me? They will speak your language, but they have not been impacted by the word. Amen? If you want the word to prevail, prayer is what makes the word prevail. Amen? Alright? What do we mean by prevail? It means that it gains the ascendancy. It, it, begins, it becomes a controlling influence. Amen? It's through prayer. Through prayer. So if you have loved ones that have not been saved, you've talked, 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 talked. Listen. Listen. Go to that place of prayer. Amen. Get scriptures and start praying and allow the Holy Ghost to lead you in prayer concerning their case. When you go back after you have, you have said some things and speak the word of God, listen to me. When you pray, there's something Smithugus was said that really blessed my life. He said, when I preach the gospel anywhere, I don't leave you in between. I leave you either mad or glad. Amen. Now, I understood what he was saying. When you pray, when you pray, when you, when the spirit of prayer is at work and then you go and share the word of God, you don't leave people in between. It's either the demon in them, they will yield to it and they will fight you for preaching to them or they will change. Amen. Are you understanding me? That's why you see, any city Paul went to preach, there was no middle ground though. Amen. There was no middle ground. It's either they were chasing him out of the city, everybody was chasing him out of the city or everybody was welcoming him. Are you understanding me? Why? Because when he goes to that place to pray, to preach, he had already settled certain things. Amen. Look at all the writings of Paul. Look at all the writings of Paul. Every breath of his writing, every word was, it was, it was encased in prayer. Hallelujah. Grace be unto you. Peace from God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Every statement, there was prayer in it. Thanks be unto God. Now, thanks be unto God, which always caused us to triumph in Christ. 
That's a prayer. And make it manifest the serve of his knowledge by us in every place. That's the prayer. Amen. And that's why Paul had the audacity to say, I talk in tongues more than you all. Amen. That means every other moment I am praying. Amen. Are you listening to me? So if you are here, you say, oh, there are some things that have not cracked. Some things have not broken. It's because prayer has not availed. The Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous, it will what? It avails much. I love the Amplified. It says, it makes tremendous power available. Alright? That power, the moment that power is available, and then the word of God is preached. That's it. Amen. We went for a crusade in 2002. I went to this certain village. You know, we had been praying before then. The team I sent before me to go and, um, the Spirit of God told us to go there actually. So, the team I sent ahead of me, when they got there, the week before, we already had testimonies going on. People were giving their lives to Christ. We have not come for the crusade yet. People were giving their lives to Christ. And um, some old women, God filled the Holy Ghost. We have not yet come. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. So, when I arrived the place, I was to preach on a, um, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. So, when I arrived, I arrived on Thursday night, I preached, just did a salvation call. People gave their lives to Christ, you know, and all that, and all that, and all that. What, then I announced to them, I can't remember, no, Saturday night. Coming to Saturday night, but I saw that people received, but the impetus, the, 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 the kind of effect I wanted to see had not yet clicked. Alright? So, and the next day was the night of miracles. Amen? And I announced that I said that today we just did this uh, so so day of no Friday night was the night for miracles. Saturday was the day we got people ghost. Friday was the night of miracles. So when I went back to my room, my spirit was heavy. You know, they kept me somewhere in a village, in that village. And then throughout that night, I stayed in the place of prayer. I stayed in place of prayer until I broke through in the spirit. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? When I broke through in the spirit, I knew that something had happened. I stayed there. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, now, whether I prayed or not, if I come on Friday, things will happen. But there are certain expectations that I had in my heart. And let me explain something to you. We were coming to that village on a spiritual assignment. I wanted to ensure that that purpose of heaven for that village was fulfilled. Amen. Not in parts, in full. And I knew that by how we were going about it, there are certain things that I have not, I have not taken advantage of in the realm of the Spirit. So I had to pray. I prayed into the wee hours of the morning. Then I had some rest. The crusade came. When I came up the platform, you know, even me, I knew that something was different. Amen. That was the day that the deaf ears were popping open. Amen. That was that day. As I came up, I knew that something had changed. We didn't pray so much for people, but we had miracles. Amen. Are you understanding me? Then on Saturday night. But the job was already done. And to prove to you, now, even if nothing has happened, I knew that we had broken through the Spirit. But years later, I was on the road. A man stopped me on the way. Years later. And then he said, do you remember me? I said, I don't remember you. He said, you came to our village years ago to preach. He said, those people, that deaf man, and this other deaf person that was healed, they are still healed today. He said, the impact of what happened that day, we're still feeling it now. That testimony was a proof that what heaven wanted to achieve was achieved. Amen. Amen. To me, that was a proof to me. 
Glory to God. So you find that in the early church, they never joked with prayer. Everything. There was prayer in everything. They knew that there was no way out if they did not pray. Even Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says, he, I think it was Mark 1.35 or thereabout. The Bible says that he went into, um, he, he prayed all night. All right? And the other one says that he went into a solitary place and prayed. Give me Mark 1.35. Let me just read that scripture. Good. I love this scripture. Let's read it together. I want to go. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day. What did he do? He went out and departed into a solitary place. And there prayed. Amen. Alright. So a great while before day. That means long before morning. Early hours of day. He went and prayed. You see the ministry of Jesus. There was a lot of prayer. <laughs> prayer investments. Amen. <laughs> Made. Glory to God. That's why three and a half years. The world has not recovered from three and a half years. It's not three and a half years of talking theory and philosophy. It's three and a half years soaked in prayers. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. It was that kind of prayer that disciples saw and said, teach us to pray. Amen. <laughs> teach us to pray. As I'm talking, as you are hearing, the spirit of prayer is coming upon you. Amen. Just, that's what's happening to you. The spirit of prayer is coming upon you. It's not much of the principles. It's just the spirit of prayer is just resting upon you. Resting upon you. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, I want to go further to just establish this. Do you know that there are examples of prayer in the New Testament? Alright? Uh, I, I, I just want to focus on the Pauline prayers. But examples of prayer in the scriptures that I believe will help us as believers. What those examples will do for us is that it gives us vocabulary in prayer. So sometimes some of you want to pray. You don't know what to say. Amen. You don't know what to say. Alright? The verbiage, the, the, the words you need to speak, they are not there. Are you understanding me? So, through reading the prayers in scripture, it gives you vocabulary in prayer. Where as you are praying, you know, it's not like the, the, the words, the, the words, the words, and the, the words that you need to speak per time are just coming out. Let me put it this way, in a deeper way. It means that you come to a place where you have utterance in prayer. Amen. Are you understanding me? There's utterance. There's utterance in prayer. As you are, as you are, what is in your spirit and what's coming out of your mouth, there's a link. There's a connection. You know, there are times where, have you have happened to you that you were trying to pray? What you want to say? What came out of your mouth is not what you wanted to say. Or let me put it better. What came out of your mouth is lighter than what is in your heart to say. Amen. Am I, am I communicating? But when you start reading some of those prayers in, in, in the book, in the New Testament, what happens is that you see that there will be more vocabulary in your prayer. There will be more utterance. There will be greater and a deeper utterance in prayer. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Alright, so one of such prayers I love so much um, is the prayer in Acts chapter 4, verse 24 to 31. As a matter of fact, after they got through the Holy Ghost, that was the first time um, they were showing us a public prayer. They had Healed the man at the gate called beautiful and they had some um, um, persecution and all that. And then they warned them not to preach the gospel again. They arrested them and all that. After arresting them, they returned to their company. Alright? Um, the prayer starts from here, but just give me verse, uh, a verse or two before it. Good. 
And being let go, that's after they were released, they went to their own company. They went to their own company. It could be like their cell group, alright? The brethren that they know. And then, they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. They had warned them, we don't want to ever hear that Jesus from your mouth again. You hear me? You do hear what I said? So they reported that to them. Then, prayer started in verse 24. Now, in, in, I begin to wonder if in today's church, you just came out from cell. And then you went to see your cell leader. Will it not be that you'll be complaining, so you didn't see a vision that are going to arrest me? Why you'll be blaming who came to see you in the cell and who didn't come to see you? But see the attitude of these people. When they came out from the cell and they went to their company, they prayed. Amen. Amen. To show you the place of prayer in their lives. The Bible says, and when they had heard, they, they lifted up their voice to who? To God. With one accord. Hallelujah. And said, Lord, behold. Sorry. Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth. Alright? So, it's like they were praising Him first. You have made the heaven and earth and the sea, and all that in them is. Next verse. Who by the mouth of thy servants, so they are not quoting scripture. Thy servant David hath said, why did the heathen rage? And the people imagined vain things. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus. This prayer, I'm showing you prayer, you to you know words of prayer, amen. Whom you have anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Verse, they're talking to God. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, listen to it, brother. Behold their threatenings. That means you can say, Lord, your land is threatening. You say, Lord, behold. Behold their threatenings. And grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Hallelujah. Are you seeing prayer points? Amen. So some of you say, I'm always very shy when I'm speaking. This is a prayer. That with all boldness you might speak the word. Amen. I'm giving you vocabulary in prayer. Amen. Next verse. By stretching forth your hand to heal. They were asking for signs and wonders. And the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child, Jesus. Amen. And when they had prayed. Now the Greek word there translated prayed is dekomai. It's come from, is the root, uh, the root word is deisis. That's it. When they had made their request, that's what he said. When they had made their request, the place, hey, was shaken where they were assembled together. <laughs> that means that heaven was waiting to respond. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And now the scripture, what they prayed for has happened immediately. What happened? And they speak the word of God with what? What did they pray for? That they may speak the word with boldness. And they speak the word of God with boldness. You read further down the scripture of the Bible, you see the scripture where the Bible says that with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord, for great grace was upon them. That means that God answered the prayer. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? But now there are key things I want us to draw from this prayer. One is that they had a definite request. But they were able, listen to me, they were able to see the experience 
they were going through in scripture. Amen. They were threatened. People t- were resisting the gospel. And the scripture they were quoting was from Psalm 2. Amen. Alright. Now, in, in this act, they made us know that that Psalm 2 was a Psalm of David. Because according to the word of thy servant, David. So in case we didn't know who wrote Psalm 2, they have told us who wrote Psalm 2. It was David. Amen. So we'll go to Psalm 2. Psalm 2, verse 1. Let me show you where they extracted that prayer from. Amen. See the prayer here. Are you seeing it? That means that when you want to pray and make requests, you must find the scripture that gives full expression of the experience you are going through. Amen. Listen to me. If you are a child of God, your steps are ordered by the Lord. Everything you are ever going to experience in life, scripture already has a prophecy about it. Amen. Are you understanding me? Are you getting the picture? Everything that will ever happen to you, Already, scripture has already figured out. The scriptures, the word of God already is packaged with answers, hallelujah, of whatever experience you are going to go into. So when you look through scriptures, you will find where you are right now. And then you bring it in prayer, hallelujah, and make your request. This was what they did. So this, this scripture was there long before they started having their meeting. David has spoken many hundred years ago. But he said, this thing that is happening to us now is what David was speaking about. Why do the hidden, the hidden are unbelievers, why do they rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. Amen. That thing that thinking is nonsense. It will not work. Amen. Are you understanding me? And I pray this prayer for national conference that is holding right now. Why do the hidden rage and the people in national conference imagine a vain thing? They say, they sign and say that they want to tax religious bodies. That means that the conference has closed. Amen. Psalm 2 verse 2. Now it says, Why do you do it? And the people might do thing. Verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves. They were quoting scripture. This was the scripture they were praying with. And the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed us and against the Christ. In the, New Trans- in the New Testament it said, and against his Christ. Amen. That means the one referred to as the anointed was the Christ. Say, how, how do they imagine a vain thing? Then, do you know what the outcome was? Go, go to the next verse. Right. And I said, they even say, this is what they are saying to the saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. That's what they are saying. We will scatter them. We will put them where they belong. <laughs> verse 4. He said, he that seated in the heavens shall laugh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So, if that's your experience right now, this is the outcome. Amen. Amen. Then it says the Lord shall have them in derision. Derision means they will run around helter scatter. They will be confused. They will start fighting themselves. Are you understanding me? They will start fighting against themselves. Why? Because they imagine the vain thing. This is a prophecy that has already come. That any time you are strolling and this circumstance occurs, switch into this prophecy. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? So you now know how to pray. Words are coming. Vocabulary in prayer is coming out of your mouth. Amen. Am I communicating? Glory to God. Now, I'm just showing you examples of prayer in the scriptures. Amen. And you see that there's something Paul knew about prayer. And this was not Paul. The one we read in Acts was not Paul necessarily, but disciples. And they always went back. To find the scriptures that related to the experience they have. That's why I see you have to be a student of the word of God. Amen. You have to be a student of the word of God. You have to be a student of the word of God. 
Glory to God. Don't be a slave of the word of God. Oh, he starts saying certain things in scripture. You know, and you know that at that point right now, this is scripture that is your experience. When Peter came to talk to the people, you know, um, in the upper room, you know, when they were talking in tongues and all that, and all that people gathered and said, these people are drunk. Peter's response, I love it. He said, we are not drunk as you suppose. Amen. Seeing that it's at the early hour of the day. Amen. That means too early for us to be drinking. Amen. Even if some of us drink, we don't drink this early. That's what he was saying. Amen. <laughs> Alright, he said, but let, let me tell you what the issue is. He said, the issue is this. He said, this is what the prophet spoke about. That means that he was saying that what is happening now, he has found the experience in scripture. Joel had prophesied that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, that's what is happening now. People of God, when the spirit of prayer rests upon you, there is the spirit of prophecy in prayer. It makes you see the pictures of God concerning you. Amen. Are you understanding me? That means that you, when you are in an experience, you now know, okay, this is what the scripture was saying concerning me. Jesus, as he walked the face of the earth, he came to a place. He said, Lo, in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Amen. That means Jesus, before he came, he knew that he would, he would do the will of the Father. That's why Jesus made the statement. He said, My meats. Is to do the will of him that sent me. That prophecy was in Psalm before Jesus came. Amen. Alright? And Jesus will come to a place and open the scriptures in Isaiah 61. And say, look, this scripture, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. It was written before Jesus came. He said, this day, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Meaning that right now where I'm standing, I'm standing in this scripture. Amen. Listen to me. I don't know where you are in this month of June. Amen. I don't know where you are this week. I don't know where you are today. But there is a scripture that will define the experience you are going through right now. May the Spirit of God open your eyes to locate yourself in scripture. To locate yourself in prophecy. And stand on that word and see it manifest. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Let me show you one more prayer. Romans 1. I'll read verse 8 to 9. I might just show you. I have like 12 or 15 of them. But I might just show you one or two more. Amen. Romans 1. Now this is Paul's letter to the Roman church. And from the beginning of the letter, you already see prayer coming out. Amen. And what I'm showing you now, here now is words in prayer. Hallelujah. Vocabulary in prayer. So look at Paul's prayer for them. He said, first, first, Romans 1.8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. So you, when you want to start your prayer, you say, Father, I thank you. Amen. Amen. I thank you, Father. You know, Paul used to say this. He said, oh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let those kind of words start coming out from your mouth. Amen. Say, God, the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Stop praying all those, ah, Jehovah, ah, Jehovah. Say, say, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The King of glory. Amen. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. He was praying for the church. For you all. That means you can pray for your members. First, Lord, I thank my God, alright, through Jesus Christ for all my cell members. That their faith is spoken of throughout the whole city, throughout the whole church, throughout the whole world. Amen. See prayer. He said, that your faith, 
That means in the prayer was prophesying to them that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Amen. I, I feel like praying this prayer for you. Amen. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That your faith, your faith, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Your faith is spoken of throughout Europe in the name of Jesus. Your faith is spoken of throughout North America in the name of Jesus. Your faith is spoken of throughout Asia in the name of Jesus. Your faith is spoken of throughout Australia, South America in the name of Jesus. Your faith is spoken of throughout Africa in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. See prayer. He said that your faith that means your faith, your faith is happening. Amen. Your faith is, see, everybody's talking about your story. Amen. Hey, glory to God. Hey, I feel, I just feel the prayer. Amen. Verse 9, he now said, next verse 9. He says something powerful there. He said, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, that means I don't stop. I make mention of you always in my prayers. Amen? Amen. So that means that this was a prayer he was praying for them. So he always makes mention of them in prayers. Let me just peep at verse 10. I don't know whether I'm going to take that. Good. Yes. Hallelujah. That's very important. Oh, glory to God. I don't know if someone is getting blessed. Thank you, Father. Now, i like to read it together, right? So let's start from 8 to 10. First, I thank my God, through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. Now, you learn to talk like this. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. In the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making requests. The word there, request, is the same word. Amen. That was translated petitions. Making requests. If by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come. That means he was praying that he might, his request to God was that he might have a prosperous journey. What is meant by prosperous journey is not safe arrival. That the journey will be by the will of God. Amen. What it means is that this journey, it will fulfill God's purpose. Amen. 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 It was the next verse where he now told them, said, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. It was the next verse. But here he was saying that, look, my desire is that I, I can come on my own, but I want to have a prosperous journey that will be by the will of God. You start praying that prayer for yourself. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Oh, and I would like to travel to a social place. You begin to pray, Father, if I'm going to a social place, I pray that I'll have a prosperous journey by the will of God to go to that place. Amen. 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 Are you seeing words in prayer? Amen. Glory to God. Um, let's see whether we can do two more quickly. Praise God. Alright, Romans, I'll, I'll stay with Romans, okay? So let's do Romans 10, verse 1. See Paul's prayer for Israel. He said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That means you could pray for someone's salvation. Amen? Amen. Is that they might be saved. 
My prayer for Israel. My prayer for my spouse. My prayer for my friend. Hallelujah. Is that he might be saved. That the, his eyes be opened today. Let the light of the gospel shine on his heart. Let the hold of the God of this world be broken over his mind. Amen. Let the penetration of the gospel bring light to his soul. Amen. One more scripture. Romans 15 verse 13. Hallelujah. I love this one. It said, Now the God of hope fill you all, sorry, fill you with all joy and peace. That means he was praying that the God of hope. You know, I, lo- I just love the words Paul was able to use to communicate certain things. Now the God of hope. Imagine you lay hands on someone and say, Lord, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Amen. That you may abound, you will continue in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. This prayer. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, all these prayers I mentioned to you, go and read them and understand them. Then let's start praying them for yourself. Amen. 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 That the God of hope might fill me with all joy and peace in believing. You can pray for yourself. Amen. That I may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That means as you continue your work with God, you will never lose expectation. That sense of expectancy will be sustained by the power of the Holy Ghost. Circumstances will not shake that sense of expectancy. How do you, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. It's sustained by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, let, let, me, let me finish the ones in Romans. Okay, let's do Romans 15, 33. And then I'll do 16 and verse. Okay, I'll read 30 to 33, then I'll do 16, 24 to 27. Hallelujah. Alright? Are you with me? Alright, let's do this one. Start from 30. Okay. See prayer. You don't know what to pray for yourself. I'm showing you. It's not to pray, all the witches die. All the witches die. All the witches die. Leave them alone. Amen. See the prayer to be praying. Amen. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you, Paul was telling them to pray for him. He said, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. So he said, this is what you should pray for me. So whatever Paul wanted them to pray to God for him, it's good for you too. Amen? So let's find out. Alright? That I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Rumola. Some of you in your office, there are people that don't believe. And they want you out. Paul said, look, pray for me that people that don't believe, God will deliver me from them. Amen? The problem I have is that the people that don't believe, they are after me. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Are you seeing it? See, this is the prayer he prayed. He said that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. You know, they want to keep up. That my service, hey, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. Amen. 
Now, what that means, I want to do it. I want, I want to deliver this thing well. Amen. My service may be accepted. It won't be rejected. Look at his concern. Hallelujah. That my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. So I said, pray that prayer for me. Amen. And now, he said, I can answer, say, pray for me. Amen. That my service, which I have for UK, may be accepted of the saints. Amen. Kenneth E. Hagin used to say this. He said that in the early days of his ministry, God had told him that he has a, he, he, he has a, he is called into the office of the prophet and a teacher. Alright? So he said, but the doors that were opening for him in ministry were more of those to teach the word of God. So he had a minor accident one time. And then the Lord said, that should get your attention. Alright? I had something, um, if you read the book, The Ministry of the Prophet, you'll find it. He had um, his, um, what do you call his elbow? <laughs> I say ankle. Amen. You know. So, he said, anytime he's not yielding to that ministry, he will feel the pain. Amen. Are you understanding me? And then, his problem was that he did not believe that people will accept his prophetic ministry. Amen. So when he goes, he just teaches and doesn't do the other part. And God said, no. You have put, I'll quote what the Lord told him. The Lord said to him, you put the teaching ministry before the prophetic office. It is the other way around for you. The prophetic comes first and the teaching comes second. Put it in the right order. So if Kenneth Hagin at that time would say, pray for me. That my service, <laughs> which I have for this church, maybe it's going to a particular church, may be accepted of the saints. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, you can go and share something somewhere. If the thing you're sharing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's the good thing, but it was not accepted. Amen. It's not accepted. My friend told me a story about a great man of God. He has gone to be with the Lord now. One of the pioneers of this message many years ago in the 80s. How? <laughs> is this teaching on righteousness? So he went to a denominational church and said, All of you are unrighteous. I am righteous. And he was trying to teach righteousness, you know. When he made the statements, the general vassal, this elderly man in the church, stood up and came up and slapped him. In the service. And said, I apologize. He said, I'm sorry, sir. He went back and said, I said, continue preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, what else will you say? Amen. Your first few lines, they have slapped you. Are you listening to me? So it's possible that your service might not be accepted. Amen. So if you have a service that is unto God and you're supposed to be offered to people of God, you pray that it may be accepted. Amen. Are you understanding me? Now some of you have some ideas. Some things you want to do. Even in this church, maybe. I want to do this. I want to do this for this church. Pray that it might be accepted. Sometimes when you even go and pray, God might even correct it and say, now the way you wanted to offer it is not the way to be accepted. Repackage it, offer it like this to be accepted. Amen. I'm going to touch resident pastor's heart. Even if she has faces, just doing as she doesn't want. I'm going to touch her heart. You understand that? 
Amen. Are you understanding me? Alright. Verse 32. Um, then next prayer said that I may come unto you with joy. That means there are places you can go to and you are not joyful. But my prayer, pray for me. That when I come to you, I will come with joy by the will of God. Remember I prayed this prayer earlier. Amen. The same church. And may be refreshed with and may with you be refreshed. Ah, we've gone to places, so we are not refreshed, though. Amen. Amen. He said, but pray for me, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God. Praise God. Verse 33, and the last year. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Oh, Father, I thank you the God of peace be with me today. If he manifests as the God of peace, he means you will have peace. Amen. The names of God sometimes reflect what he does. Amen. And one scripture called him the God of all comforts. It means that when he manifests as the God of all comfort, he brings comfort to you. Romans 16, the last one, 24 to 27. Are you learning something? I'm giving you vocabulary in prayer, alright? Alright, so he said, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Say amen now. Okay, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you some. Alright, so if it's all, say what? Amen. If the grace of God is not with you, it's the judgment that will be with you. Amen. So when that thing you say is not a small, it's not a flippant statement. When Paul was uh, saying to them, say, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship spirit be with you. The people say, ah, yes. Every day, Father, I thank you for your grace to be with me today. Your love, the love of God and that fellowship, that communion, the koinonia of the Spirit be with me. So, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Verse 25. Now to him... That is of power to establish me. I could have read ahead tell you the month of last, the month of establishment. Now to him that is of power. Now to him that is of power to establish you. According to my gospel. Hallelujah. Hey! And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Next. But now is made manifest. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Last one. To God, only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, something you should understand that God is of power to establish you through the gospel. Amen. This gospel you have embraced, it will establish you. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you so